Attention, this is not legal advice. If you are experiencing a legal emergency, contact an attorney or your local public defender's office. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of Gin and Justice. Hey, I'm Justine. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to another legal brief with Gin and Justice. And this legal brief, we do have some news that we're going to bring to you. And Amanda, the first thing I want to talk to you about is the Supreme Court case that's going to be coming up. And it deals with the death penalty, but not in a way that we are hoping for. Oh, boy. But it does bring light to it. So essentially what the issue is, you're allowed to have a spiritual advisor in there with you while you are being put to death. Right. Um, But up until this point, it's really only been Christian advisors. Oh, well. And so there is a... I am shocked. (laughs) So there's a gentleman who is going to be executed in Alabama who is Muslim. I think I read about this guy. Yes. And... They are basically saying he is not allowed to have his spiritual advisor in there holding his hands. But like, why? So that's the argument, right? So they say, how is this even a Supreme Court thing? America is built on religious freedom. If we're going to allow one spiritual advisor, why wouldn't we let them all in? Right. And so that's the argument is people say that it violates the First Amendment, your freedom to choose your religion or not religion. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what the um, argument is going to come down to. So we will see how this kind of plays out. It will bring light to the death penalty. And essentially it comes down to your religious freedom on death row. And so, you know, are you completely dehumanized and stripped of all of your rights up until you're executed or you know how does that work anyways that's all i've got on that one (laughs) the next thing i want to talk about briefly is the philadelphia traffic stop laws so philadelphia has actually recently banned low level traffic stops i believe i touched on this in our reform legal brief but i just wanted to touch on it again how important that is because oftentimes as defense attorneys what we see is that officers will use low-level traffic stops to essentially profile people. And a friend of mine recently pointed out that Justice Clarence Thomas, who is a Supreme Court justice, had actually been the one who wrote the opinion that, you know, profiling is okay as long as there is a valid reason to pull someone over. And that's a pretty famous Supreme Court case. I did not know that he authored it. So that was something I learned recently. And he is is a black judge. And essentially the case was saying that black communities were being profiled. Right. And I forget what decade this was in. But essentially it laid the law that, yeah, it's okay to profile people. And it's okay to have a pretextual stop as long as you have a reason to stop them. And so that's been used ever since Mm -hmm. then. And so that's why you'll see oftentimes... You know, people being pulled over for passing the stop bar. That's a famous one around here. So anyways, Philadelphia says, no more. 
we know that you guys are using these for pretextual stops and you cannot pull people over for low level uh, traffic offenses anymore. So the idea is it's going to reduce death by police because as you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. a traffic stop can turn into a shooting depending yep. on some factors. And also it's, go- it's the idea is that it's going to help rebuild the trust in the community between police and the community members. Well, that's great. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Um, hopefully it works out well. And, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So. The Crazy ne- that, that these things have to be changed. Yeah. Like. No, I know. I know. Um, I wish they would do it down here. It would make my life like a little bit easier. Mm. So. Anyways, Governor Lee, who we have touched on from Tennessee a lot, Mm -hmm. has just granted clemency to 17 people. Amanda is clapping. That's her clapping. (laughs) So although I disagree with a lot of statements that Governor Lee has made on other contemporary issues lately. Governor um, Lee, stop trying to decide what I do with my body. Thank you. Yes. So I've wholeheartedly disagree with the statement that he released the other day however i do agree with his criminal justice reform policies we have touched on him a lot and he did grant clemency for 17 people through the new review process and so he essentially said that these people um, had demonstrated a successful path to rehabilitation that's awesome yes so i have adam brasile of grundy county didn't Yes. Okay. (laughs) I just noticed that as well. We just had the pleasure of speaking to somebody who will be a future episode and they just talked about that person. So that's interesting. That just came up. And that was an exoneration uh, by executive action. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's Brandon Benson. That was the executive action was a pardon. Nathaniel Boyd of Shelby County. That was a pardon. Relerford Brown of Fentress County. That was a pardon. Charles Diffie of South Carolina, that was a pardon. Zenobia Dobson of Knox County, that was a pardon. Michael Graham of Perry County, that was a pardon. Tina Jackson of Haywood County, that was a pardon. Eugene Lee of Florida, executive action was a pardon. Quantel Lindsay of Georgia, that was a pardon. Jasper Mann of Massachusetts, that was a pardon. Kevin Nunley of Bedford County was a pardon. Charles Sanderfer, that was a pardon. <laughs> Kenny Simpson, that was a pardon. Mindy Dodd, that was a commutation to immediate parole eligibility. Jamie Grimes was a commutation to immediate parole eligibility. And Charles Hall, and that was a commutation to parole eligibility upon completing certain programming. So congratulations yes. to very, all of very those happy people. for all of you people. Yes. And so, thank you, Governor Lee, for that. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> but seriously, quit telling me what I need to do with my body. Sir. Thank you. So and then the last subject I want to get into is something we've touched on this show quite a bit, and that is the opioid epidemic. And so, Amanda, you and I have talked about this quite a bit this past week, and if you could tell our listeners how many people we've lost to overdose deaths in the last year. Over 100,000 people. Yeah, and that's just in the United States. Right. Over 100,000 people have died from the opioid epidemic. There is a huge surge <laughs> in fentanyl. 
being put into everything, which is... Some things that don't even make sense. Yeah. Like, why would you put fentanyl in weed? I'm not really sure. So, yeah, there are, people are overdosing at an alarming rate. They, which they have been. And so a huge issue... And now it's even worse. Right, right. And so a huge issue is that, you know, like we said, fentanyl is in opiates and maybe not everybody some people do know that there's fentanyl in it and that is their drug of choice but some people really don't know that it's in there and the smallest amount can kill you it is a very very minuscule amount so obviously a huge thing that you know really needs to be pushed and we struggle with it in drug courts and we struggle with it in criminal justice reform and we struggle with it even in addiction treatment. And if you guys recall, um, we did an episode with Kate. And if you have not listened to that, go back and listen. She's amazing. She is a chemical dependence therapist and she deals specifically with opioid addiction. And really the goal of medicated assisted treatment such as Suboxone, Subutex, methadone all of those are harm reduction because they are helping prevent overdose deaths so if we have if we give people access to medicated assisted treatment they are less likely to overdose and die so we're saving lives so medicated assisted treatment saves lives so one of the articles i came across recently was actually about a strip that can detect fentanyl and so they are pushing it as a harm um, reduction so kind of like a clean needle exchange Mm -hmm. you know medicaid assisted treatment or like how they give out narcan in some cities yeah exactly exactly and um actually new york city just opened a clean i forget what it's called i'm gonna have to look into it and we'll talk about it but it's called a clean use site yeah it's like a safe place to go shoot up yes um and so that was really cool that opened in new york city recently within the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. So this strip of paper can help prevent overdoses by detecting fentanyl. And so it's just like the little, for anybody who's worked in a restaurant or Mm -hmm. a food setting, the little strips that they give you to test for bleach. Or even like pool chemicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a dip. dip Yeah, it's just like a little strip of paper. And you can, um, apparently these strips can detect fentanyl. That's awesome. Yeah. So people can know what is in their stuff because a lot of times people probably are not aware that that was used as a cutting agent. So yeah, so that was really cool. On the contrary, I feel like I say this a lot. On the contrary, here in Florida, we have a... (laughs) have to take a deep breath before we start getting into it. You know that we have ranted and raved about mandatory minimums and enhanced sentencings and all of this These crazy things stuff. don't deter crime. Right. So Florida lawmaker has proposed a bill, sponsored a bill, and it has passed through the Judiciary Action Subcommittee of the legislature. And it is going up through the channels, and I'm hoping that it just never passes. However, this new law that is being proposed by Republican Representative Scott Plakin of Longwood, uh, as I said, had just passed the House Justice Appropriations Subcommittee. And this proposal broadens mandatory minimums again. And so, as you know, and I've ranted and raved before, 
you know, there are enhanced penalties when a drug is sold within a thousand feet of a childcare facility, a convenience store, a living, yeah, a church, a park, a assisted living facility. Literally everywhere. So they want to add enhanced penalties if, if there is a controlled substance sold within a thousand feet of a substance abuse treatment center, which... You know, I, I think the intention there is probably to try. And Do they think like drug dealers are just like hanging outside of the rehabs and waiting for them to come out? I'm not really sure. That doesn't they, happen. I'm not really sure what they think. But so there's that. But the really concerning I mean, I don't like that. But the really concerning part about this law is there's also a section um, that enhances the penalty for as you know, in Florida, we are one of the states that allows somebody to be charged with murder if they sell a drug that somebody overdoses on. Which is so fucking insane because most people are picking up drugs for somebody so that they can also get high because they are also an addict. Correct. They're not drug dealers. Right. Okay. Right. Well, and even if they are, right? Right. So there's like no intent for murder. So I'm not really sure how this has like passed the constitutionality test, but... It has. It's been dealt with by the courts and thus far it has been found constitutional for whatever reason. So this proposed law would enhance that. And if a quote unquote dealer sells a controlled substance that causes the death of a consumer, the dealer may face the death penalty or life in prison. It would allow the prosecutors to pursue a first degree murder charge and yeah, it would allow them to prosecute as first degree murder. So they would get life in prison or the death penalty. Okay. So that's wait, first of all, <laughs> first of all, say I'm addicted to heroin. Mm-hmm. I go and I buy some heroin. I buy a lot of heroin and I do too much of that heroin and I overdose and die. Mm-hmm. Like, how is that the drug dealer's responsibility? Mm-hmm. Right. That doesn't make sense. Right. And so like typically, as you kind of stated, the way that it and also sorry to interrupt, (laughs) but like this man thinks that the good punishment for that would be to kill them. Yes. Yes. Why? Yes, they do. While the rest of the country is becoming and the world is becoming, um, you know, awoken to the evils of the death penalty or life in prison. I would like to think Florida is just trailing. And I'm sorry, but I have to say it. They're the ones that also claim to be pro-life. Yes. 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 So it's all the same. It's interesting, too, because it, it, it does have bipartisan support, this law, for some reason. Actually, I don't even know. Another representative who is a Democrat, Andrew Learned of, I think, Brandon, Florida, he wants to propose adding methamphetamine to the list of substances that you can, you know, have enhanced penalties for. So I feel some strongly worded emails in my future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and that's their response to hundred uh, over 100,000 people dying. Guys, we just need treatment for people. Right. So if you think about all the money that is funneled into, right, the drug war, trillion, mm-hmm. trillions of dollars at this point. And you take that and divert it elsewhere, like treatment centers, right. rehab. It's, just, it's not Medicaid working. It's getting so much worse every Narcan, year. Right. And so it's simple economics. If you control the supply side, 
that is not going to work because if there's a demand, there will always be a supply. Mm -hmm. However, if you control the demand side, that will decrease. That's the side that is helping people. Yeah. So (laughs) if you decrease the demand side, it will decrease the supply side because your supply is always going to meet your demand. If you think about consumerism and capitalism and product history, the supply side is always going to equal the demand side. I mean, I learned that in 12th grade economics. I just, it's crazy. And it just, we should be focusing on evidence-based practices and mm-hmm. research-based practices, science-based practices. We're supposed to be like the best country in the world. We're supposed to be like A number one. We suck so hard sometimes. <laughs> if you are one of our Florida listeners, please write your, rep- call your representatives, write your representatives, let them know you're not in support of House Bill 95 by Representative Scott Plakin. Uh, let them know you're not in support of it. We do not need stiffer penalties. We do not need more mandatory minimums than there already is. We don't need the ones that we currently have. This is not an evidence-based or research-based approach to substance abuse. It's a disease that needs to be dealt with with treatment and putting harsher penalties on those who are also using I guarantee they're also using drugs right and they're just getting a free hit out of it you know that's not the way and the fact that somebody can be threatened with the death penalty for being an addict essentially yeah I mean I don't know if they're trying to just eliminate people off the planet I'm not really sure like what's going on here and we don't even eliminate them they sit on death row for decades right so you know and then here we go back into the other circle of the death penalty and all of the downsides of that so that's what I've got for you this week Amanda Yeah, and it really stresses the importance of knowing who represents you and voting accordingly. Yeah, I'm disappointed to know so far nobody is running against the person that's in charge of my district in the House. So, but I'm going to keep looking at them because they have until I think July to file. So, anyways, I want to say thank you to all the reviews that we've gotten. We are very appreciative yes thank you so much for everybody who's been leaving reviews we're gonna get out your gin and justice merch to you and keep them coming we're so thankful Uh, make sure you follow us on all the social media make sure to tune in next week we will be having a very special conversation with chelsea from cornell university's center on the death penalty worldwide and how the death penalty affects women and she's going to tell us all of these Really cool thing. She was very informative. We love talking to her. And really, there were some egregious stories of some women on death row. So make sure you tune in next week. And we will see you next time on Gin and Justice. Bye. All editing for Gin and Justice done by Gin and Justice Podcast. Artwork by Justin Cardone. Photography by Kimber Schwakey. We'll see you next time on Gin and Justice.